You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, this is Aaron Armstrong from The Gospel Project, and with me is Brian Dembozik, our managing editor. And today we are talking about an interesting topic. We are talking about... Um, one that really is important to the life of the church that um, we see we see discussed in, in a number of passages today. We're gonna we're gonna explore it from the book of Ephesians, um, which is unity. So, what does it mean for us to be united as a as as believers in Christ and united as a body? Mm-hmm. And why is that so important? Yeah. yeah. So let, let me read Ephesians four four through six to kind of get us going, and then and then we'll kind of talk about some of this. So. Here from the Christian Standard Bible is Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So, you know, just hearing that even read, you just hear that word one so many times sprinkled throughout. It's, it's so emphatic uh, that we are one body of Christ uh, and then Paul ends that by talking about all. So he uses that word several times. And so to me, those couple of verses, two, three verses, are so clear about God's heartbeat for the bride of Christ to be unified as one people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and why is that? Why is that we struggle with this so much? I mean, I mean, if you look at. I mean, if you just look at social media, for example, I mean, it's easy to pick on social media. We're not going to get any specific specific examples, but no. you can see that people are like that. We fight over a lot of things. Well, that's the problem is, is as a as a people today in our culture, speaking outside the church, just in general, we, we are really disunited. Yeah, um, we we are fractured. Uh, we seem to be. We enjoy finding reasons to be further fractured. It uh, seems like we can divide over anything. And we see that, as you're saying in social media, just kind of just watch and, and you will see these issues just pop up and you'll see people arguing and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem, though, is that that's in the church as well. And I was about to say it has seeped into the church, but it, it hasn't. It's not just the days of social media. The, the church, we struggled with this for quite a while. That, that's why Paul is so emphatic here yeah. about unity. We, uh, the, the Corinthian church, we know that was a divided church. And we have seen that we within the church are also good. We excel at finding reasons to break fellowship, to, to be at odds with one another. And the problem is that is going against God's design for his church, and we're hindering his glory from being manifested in our culture that desperately needs to see what it looks like to be united in Christ. Yeah. And so what is it that unites us? Well, let's just let's just get it on the table again. I mean, you've you've already basically said it a couple of times now, but let's just make sure that we make it abundantly clear. Yeah. Let's be abundantly clear. It is the gospel. It it is, that is the, that is what is designed to be the unifier of the people of God. Now we know that if, if 
somebody does not share the gospel with you, you cannot be united with them as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Uh, that's one reason to break fellowship with a church, for example. If your church starts putting forward a, a doctrine that is not gospel, then you are compelled to go and seek that church to stop doing that, to preach the gospel. And if they refuse, that's, a, that's grounds for breaking fellowship. Yeah, totally. This is why we don't partner with some entities that we do not share that gospel convictions around. The problem is... Most of our churches, we have that gospel there, but we find reasons to divide for other reasons. So that is not really what's uniting us in, in a church, for example. Um, what's uniting us maybe is other things, maybe other shared uh, values, uh, politics, um, worship style, mm-hmm. you name it, uh, yeah. socioeconomic status, all these different things that can, football teams, you name it. There can be a many different things that truly are what uniting people. And of course, if those become fractured, unity falls apart. Yeah. So it's got to be the gospel, the gospel alone. And so we've got to be a people who hold fast to the gospel. We let the gospel fuse us together and that we hold loosely to these other issues that are, are important, Yeah. but not vital on the same level as the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we know if we are actually united in the gospel? So let's say, let's, let's just say in a Small group setting. Mm-hmm. How do we know that our that our small group is actually united together in the gospel? Yeah, it really goes to the kind of the the, the different areas that we talked about with gospel culture. Um, what are we believing? So, are, do we have those same beliefs? If somebody, of course, articulates, "No, I do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved," well, we know that we're not holding the gospel together. Yeah, totally. So, I think it starts with with what are we verbalizing in terms of what our beliefs are, and then how are we living out? How are we practicing? Understanding imperfectly because we're all are growing in Christ. We are being uh, shaped in His image day by day. Mm-hmm. So imperfectly, but we should all be recognizing that what we believe is informing how we're living, at least the desire to live that way. Our affections. And then, of course, are we seeking the same win here that we're seeking after God's glory? Are we seeking to be on mission for him? So if we look at at our culture of our small groups, if we look at our our church and so forth, that has got to be what is is pulling us together. Right. Okay. That's that's helpful. So, Brian, what is an example of how you have seen this kind of unity in in your own life yeah well i think uh, for me i the most beautiful expression of this and a timely expression in our culture especially is when we see the gospel crossing over ethnic lines Um, when we see people of, of different skin tones if we see people of different backgrounds we see people who even speak different languages who are coming together and they're one in christ that they love one another they 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 don't look past these things this idea of color blindness is is not biblical mm-hmm. um God has created diversity. We ought not to look past it. We ought to celebrate diversity. And so we look at, at these times where we as a people can come together and say, man, we from the surface, you and I have very little in common. Mm-hmm. But we have this one thing in common which fuses us together tightly that we 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 love one another on this level. So I think that right there is, a, is an opportunity where we have a chance to see this. In my church, we have a, a campus actually in Brussels, Belgium. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool how my church is structured. We have three campuses here in Middle Tennessee, one in Brussels, Belgium, and one in Bangkok. And it's really cool to see how God 
will fuse us together as a people. And we have opportunities every once in a while to watch via video our Brussels campus worshiping in French as we sing the same song in English as one people, part of, of one church. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a little sliver of uh, I see of, of unity that, that the Bible is, is talking about. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so here, so we, we've gotten a, a little, a little hint at, uh, a little hint at this. Um, how do we actually, um, how do we actually teach this? How do we, how do we teach, not just teach this, but how do we model this kind of, of unity, um, in our, you know, in our congregations from wherever we sit. So whether we're leaders, whether we're members, whether we're, yeah, I I think you asked, actually, you started asking a question, you changed it. I think the original question, how do we teach it has to be addressed first. There you go. Because again, we got to get to the why. Yeah. And so I think we've got to express that the gospel is a, is a message of reconciliation that primarily it is God reconciling us to him through Christ. That is the primary message of the gospel, yes, but it doesn't stop there. That's not the exhaustive message of the gospel because the gospel also involves Christ reconciling us to one another. We know in creation, God designed people to enjoy relationship with one another that echoes the relationship enjoyed by our triune God, that God has this within the Father, Son, and and Spirit. We see this this beautiful unity. We see this movement with one another in harmony and love. And that's what he created us to enjoy as well and experience as we also relay with him. So sin, of course, as we know, has broken that, has shattered that. Yeah. And so Christ reconciling is not just a matter of us in one direction to God. We are not in a vacuum, so to speak. He also is has worked so that we can be reconciled to one another. So this is why it's so important. It's so important that we live out the fullness of the gospel. That's, that's at the heart of the gospel. That's why this is such an important issue, in my opinion, for us today especially, that we need to be showing this. So that's the why. I think we need to, to really be teaching that and teaching mm-hmm. that strongly. Then you get to the, how do we do this? And I think a big part of this, uh, of course, we have uh, what I would consider the lower hanging fruit. Man, what happens when somebody shows up in your church to worship for the first time? How welcoming are you to them, especially if they may be of a different ethnicity from you or a different socioeconomic class or so forth? Um, how are we with one another in terms of our small groups? How are we being open with one another? That's what I'd call the low hanging fruit. Right. Um, I, I think also we need to press further than that. And I think one of the best things, this is one area that God is, is teaching me. I need to be a learner. So mm. this, this uh, started in the fall. I've been reading one book a month um, on racism, ethnic diversity, uh, books written by people of different ethnic backgrounds for me, because I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to step in and yep. understand better. And I think that's what we as a people need to do as well. We, especially for uh, the white predominant culture in America today, I think we need to take those steps for the for the sake of unity, for the sake of the gospel. We need to take those steps and say, we want to put ourselves in a posture of learning. Yep. And we want to understand better what uh, people around us, people near us, are experiencing and we want to understand them better so we can love them better and we can serve them better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of those things, right? That um, I, w- I wonder if one of those things that, uh, that, that is helpful, like 
you you've touched on this um, by saying that you want to be a, that part of part of this is is being a learner, and so ultimately that comes down to humility. Yeah. Um. So. Are we willing to like, so one of the things that the gospel does in us is, is it produces humility mm-hmm. um, because God, because it, it is not for the proud. Um, we, it is antithetic. It is the antithesis of pride. Um, in fact, it is the pride killer because it, the gospel says you cannot, you cannot be good enough yeah. on your own for, uh, to be in welcomed into God's presence. Um, in that respect, um, in the respect of being a part of his family, of of being in in a loving and, and welcoming relationship with him, um, where our issue is is that is that ultimately a lot of the time when we don't want to when we when we avoid learning about different cultures when we avoid um, being challenged in our assumptions yeah. um, even if it's even if it's admittedly knowing I'm gonna learn about this and I know I'm going to disagree but I want to learn to understand exactly. the position um, that's 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 an example of humbling ourselves and and so to say I'm not trying to I'm not trying to re- like to read to understand this so that I can relate per uh, per se because there's, there's certain things you just can't relate to um brian you can't relate to being a canadian no i cannot even though i've been there once yeah you've been there once and you went in the most dreadful time of year um january <laughs> in northern alberta yes which was a lovely town by the way that i grew up i grew up uh just north of there there's not much more north of there. No, there's not, but there's but, some. But you know, Aaron, I think what you're saying is 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 really wise. And and you know, for example, when I as I'm reading, there's actually been one or two books I started reading and said I, I'm not going to agree with this, and I find that actually I pretty much did end up agreeing with it. Because really? I, I, yeah. I, you have to with that humility. You gotta you gotta have this posture saying, you know, I I have these deep rooted long term presuppositions. I need to be willing to have them challenged. Yeah. And sometimes we come out and say, no, I, I think I had, I was in the right area before, but I think we need to be willing to say, I might be wrong or right. I might not be understanding this fully. Um, and I think that's what we need to be doing as part of the body of Christ, not just with this issue, but in general, when we talk about right. unity, when we talk about, you know, the issues that divide churches, we talked about a little bit of worship style and things like yeah. that. We, we've got to put this this thinking to death that we have a corner on the truth or we have mm-hmm. a corner on the right way to do all these things. Right. We may, but we may not. And so we've got to have humility in saying, man, I'm going to put myself out there and say, here's what I believe. Here's what I, I think we ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. Here's why. But now I'm going to, I'm going to truly listen to you. Right. What, what's your read on this? And let me truly, li- not to listen to be ready to fire back and defend, but to truly listen. Yeah. I think that is a a skill that we as as people in the body of Christ have got to refine. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that we need to do as well is we we should be willing to be students of history. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that is helpful for us is to realize that what we what we deal with the questions that we ask they're not new new questions there's also there's also just the fact that um we're not simply united to to the believers in our local in our local communi- communities our local congregation the the um 
gospel-believing, gospel-preaching churches in our cities, our towns, our nations, we're united to all gospel-believing Christians and all gospel-believing churches throughout all of history. And that's the true meaning of Paul in Ephesians 4 with one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that was that was Jesus's prayer in mm-hmm. in John before he was arrested. Um, was that we would all we would all be one and not just those not just those who were with him then, but all of yeah. us. He prayed intentionally for those who would believe through the testimony and he prayed for unity on the same level as the unity that he had with the Father. Exactly. And so that is that's and and that's what really brings it brings it brings it around again to the to the gospel itself is is that um in Christ we are we are united and that we're united to one another but we are united to um united to Christ himself. We are united um, to his spirit who in, dwells within us, mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And we are united to the Father himself. And um, because that is what Jesus wants for his people. Yeah, and, and for us to enjoy the, the, for lack of a better word, the benefits of that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the, the, the sweetness of being one with the Father, being, being accepted by him because of Christ, but also the value of that, of what our world needs to see. And again, I'm grateful for this conversation we've had about this because I I think this is such a timely issue that, Mm -hmm. man, if we want to make inroads in showing the beauty of Christ, the fragrance of Christ in our world today, this is an area where we can really, so it's for our good and for God's glory. How many times we see that in scripture? What he commands is always for our good and and his his glory. glory. Yeah. Amen. All right. I think that's a great place for us to, to end up today. Thanks everybody for listening to uh, us and our, our very brief conversation on unity and how the gospel unites us together. Um, we hope that we hope that this starting point of a conversation is helpful and that, um, that it'll spur, that it'll spur ones on, uh, on amongst you and, and in you, in your church as well. Um, you know, you can uh, you can follow us on on find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. At, feel free to, to reach out, ask us any questions there, or email us at thegospelproject@lifeway.com, and uh, we would love to chat. Um, thanks very much for listening. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story, presented by the Gospel Project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.